0: King in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai, the prophet, unto Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedech, the high priest, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say the time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses? And the word sealed there doesn't really mean a whole lot to you and I. And I don't know about you, but I hear seal, and I think of sealed up like sealing something. But actually, the Hebrew word there is is basically paneling. I know it's not the 70s, but, you know, if you're in, I think it was about the 70s, paneling was the thing in a house. So what he's he's basically saying is, is it time for you to dwell in your nice houses, and this house lie waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You've sown much, and you bring in little eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there is none warm, and he that earneth wages earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. Anybody ever felt like you could relate to that verse? Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house, and I will take pleasure in it. And I will be glorified, saith the Lord. You looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts? Because of mine house that is waste, and you run every man unto his own house. Therefore the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. And I called for a drought upon the land, and upon the mountains, and upon the corn, and upon the new wine, and upon the oil, and upon that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon men, and upon cattle, and upon all the labor of the hands. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. How many obeyed? How much of them was there? What, or what is, what is the description there of, of how many? Yeah, but there's, there's another. The R word there. A remnant. Two Sunday nights ago, I think it was, I preached. It doesn't take everybody. He says there was a remnant of the people that obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. That means there was a, there was a small group that obeyed the voice of the Lord their God, and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people did fear before the Lord. Then spake Haggai the Lord's messenger in the Lord's message unto the people, saying, I am with you, saith the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people, and they came and did work in the house of the Lord of hosts their God in the four and twentieth day of the sixth month in the second year of Darius the king. Verse 1 of chapter 2. In the seventh month, in in the one and twentieth day of the month came the word of the Lord by the prophet Haggai, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and Josedek, or Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and to the residue of the people, saying, Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? Who is there left among you that saw this house in her First glory, I can't remember, was it Sunday morning last week? I believe Sunday morning last week when Brother Shera was preaching and he invited everyone who had been here, how many years? 20 years or more. There's some of you that weren't here that morning because you were ministering or attending in other locations and you're here tonight. I, I got a question tonight to to some of you. Who are there left among us that has seen this house? In case you need the interpretation, this church in her first glory. Who is there here tonight that has seen her in, the, in her first glory? I, I don't want to put you all on the spot, but, but uh, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit more than 20. If you've been here 25 years or more, would you stand? You've been a part of Antioch 25 years or more. Some of you are, you're standing, but you're not quite the target audience. You're kind of like me. I've been here 25 plus years, but I don't remember all of it. But to those of you that are standing, that you were adults, you weren't kids or teenagers 25 plus years ago, but you were adults. Any of you remember the glory of the former house? He goes on to ask this question. How do you see it now? Do you remember what it was and how do you see it now? I got a question for, the, for those of you. Let, let's do it this way. If you're, if you're 45 and under, sit down please. I should say 47. I'll use my age. If you're 47 and under, sit down. I got a question. Do you remember, do you remember, Brother Middleton, the glory of the former house? Brother Evans, you remember the glory of the former house? You guys got some stories to tell, don't you? Got some stories to tell. And then he asked another question. Is it not in your eyes in comparison as of nothing? Is where we are now, and what you see now compared to that, nothing. I don't want to put put any of you on the spot or put you in a bad place, but I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask if any of you are willing to be honest enough that you look around sometimes and you say, "This this isn't what it was." Anybody? Anybody ever? I'm not. I'm don't don't worry. I'm not setting you up. So that helps you. I'm not setting you up. Not at all. In fact, quite the opposite. So, I've seen it in its former glory. But it's not quite now what I remember it to be. I, I remember it in its glory, in its former glory. But I look around and, and I don't think, I would hope not, I don't think that those of you that are standing and some of you that just raised your hand, I, I don't think that you think, at least I would hope, you don't think we're all a bunch of backslid heathens going to hell. But but you've done it, and, and part of that's just life. I mean, I, I don't know. We all look back. You can, in fact, you can go online and just research it. It's got nothing to do with church. You can, you can. We all look back with sort of jaded glasses on our past and tend to remember the past better than it was. We block out the bad and we we focus in on the good. But that being said, you, you know what it's like to look at where we are now and what it was like then. How does it compare? You may be seated. You see, the the deal is, the deal is the real issue, the real issue is not it's it's not the it's not the facility. John, come here for a second. Chris, come here if you would. Just, just stand there and hold that for a minute. Let's hold this one. It's not not the facility. It's not the container. I mean, if you want to compare facility, this is the best we've ever had. This here is the nicest that we've ever had in almost 50 years. So if in that context, it's not... I mean, come on, folks. This compared to the why? Come on now. This compared to the warehouse you didn't see, you ladies didn't sit in the warehouse with your shawls on shivering no way you would have loved to have shivered besides the presence of God there I believe that's where we were that's I think the last place we were on metal do we have padded chairs there if we did they were padded folded with kind of like I say about a snack you know Sometimes a snack just made you mad. Some some of these padded chairs we've had in the past, it just makes you mad because you're supposed to be padding, but you might as well just go ahead and be on the metal. Where were we on? Sorry, was it them brown ones? Is that where we had the last of the brown ones? How many of you ended up with some of them brown ones in your house for care group? Either by permission or otherwise. It's not, it's not that because you compare this to the warehouse. You, you can go back through every facility we've ever had in the history of this church. And this is by far the best. Absolutely the most beautiful. The most well equipped. It's not the container. But the thing that is the issue when we compare this house to the former house Is what are the ingredients? What are the ingredients? Put it in whatever container you want to put it in. The question is, do we have the ingredients? Put it in a nice dish. I think you can bake in this. Can you bake in this? Okay. If you can't, just say yes and pre- repent. I, I I can I can bake brownies in this container, or I can bake them in this one. That when it's all said and done, it's going in the trash. Because ultimately it's not about the container. That's why we can meet here for church or we can meet in a YMCA or we can meet in a hotel facility or we can meet in a community center or we can meet any. you can meet outside under the sun, under the stars because it's not really about comparing the containers. The question is when you look at this house and you look at the former house, how do the ingredients measure up? If I want brownies and I want good brownies, there are ingredients. I I really wish I'd have gotten another a better something to use because all this requires is the mix and a couple of eggs and the oil. You know as well as I do, some of you that bake or especially cook, there are multiple ingredients. I'm assuming what's in this mix, there's probably a couple of things that created the mix. But all you got to do is put the mix in the container, add some eggs and add some oil, put it in the oven and bake it and you're going to get some really good brownies. But if you really want the brownies the way they're supposed to come out, you don't. You can't skip or change the ingredients. Some of you are skilled enough bakers or chefs that you know. I, I've sat down at the table and at times my wife is taking a bite of something and she goes, oh man, I forgot this or I left that out or I got too much of this. I, I, I've come tonight, I believe I've come with a word from God as we enter into a week of prayer and fasting and embark on a fall that I believe we are about to experience God doing some greater things than we've ever seen before. But I've come with a burden tonight. God started talking to me on Thursday morning at Apostolic Conference. And I've come with a word, I believe, from God for this congregation tonight that when we compare the glory of the former house to the glory of the latter house, we've got to make sure... If the latter house is, and I'll read it in a moment, if the latter house is ultimately going to have a greater glory than the first house, the ingredients must be the same. We we, we didn't have screens in the YMCA. In fact, we didn't have screens until we started, I think, in the gymatorium. I guess that's one reason why the songs back then were had to be so simply written because you didn't I mean nowadays you gotta have a screen for most songs. We didn't have that, there were no lights. There was there was at at most at the at the Y there was an organ, drums, and I think maybe sometimes a bass player. There were no praise singers. There was no guitar. There was not all of that stuff, but there were some ingredients that produced something that made the glory of the former house. And so somehow, we got to make sure, Sister Gross, the ingredients don't change. Oh, I love what's in this box. And if you'll get all the ingredients just right, and you'll cook it the way you're supposed to, you're going to get something that's very enjoyable. So it's it's not about the house. It's not about the container. It is about making sure, thank you gentlemen, that the ingredients to get the glory of the latter house to be greater than the glory of the former The ingredients must remain the same. Is it not in your eyes, in comparison of it, as nothing? But thank God, He does not stop there. Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord. And be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest. And be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord. And work, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. Now all of you that have been here 25 years or less, or 47 years old and under, I want you to stand. He... He says to those who had seen the former house, how does it compare? How does what you see now compare to what you saw then? Is it as nothing in your eyes? But now he speaks to the next generation and says, be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Be Be of good courage. Be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work. Do something. Why? For I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. Now I had all these other precious folks stand. Let's not be offended by some of them that look around and say, This isn't the glory of the former house. Rather than that, let's be challenged, number one. But number two, let's decide we are going to be strong in the Lord. Because He's done it before. And He can and He will do it again. Be strong and work. Be strong and do something. I preached it a couple of weeks ago. Jonathan says... Let's go see what the Lord might do. We don't know if He'll do anything, but let's go see what He might do. Be strong and work, because I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. Is that not the thing that in the in the 23rd Psalm is what gives us the assurance to go through the valley of the shadow of death? One thing. He is With me. So he says, be strong and work because I am with you. You can be seated. According to the word that I have covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you. Fear ye not. I just, I just got a, I just got another update. I mentioned this this morning. I just got another update from him right before service. William Spriggs went and preached for his uncle's church, did a youth revival for his uncle's church in Ohio. He texted me right before service started. There was a total of 13 filled with the Holy Ghost. There were 10 people in the church that were healed miraculously throughout the weekend. This morning he says... There was a lady who had surgery on her knee and couldn't walk without a cane. God healed her immediately and she was walking laps around the church with no cane. Be strong for I am with you. Be strong for I am with you. According to the word that I covenanted with you. When I brought you out of Egypt. You know what? He's talking to them, but actually, if I understand correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, somebody, but He's saying the word I covenanted with you when I brought you out of Egypt, but if I'm not mistaken, He's speaking to the descendants. And yet he's speaking to the descendants. Oh, Jesus. Somebody get me, get this right now. He's telling the descendants that weren't there. Brother Bishop, you were there when that prophecy came. Anybody else was here when that prophecy came, but black dot on a white sheet and a couple of you were there. I was, I was there, but I didn't know I was there. (laughs) A bunch of us weren't there when it was said, but according to this scripture, Oh, Jesus, it's just as much yours and mine today as it was to those it was spoken to the first time back then. According to the word I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you. Fear ye not. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, Yet once it is a little while and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land and I will shake all nations and and the desire of all nations shall come and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts, because the silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. And here it is, the glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts, and in this place, and in this place, and in this place. I mean that literally with regards to this place, but I mean that beyond this place is this four walls. In this place, this region that you and I have been called to reach, in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. Message Bible says, verse 9, this way, this temple is going to end up far better than it started out. A glorious beginning, but an even more glorious finish. A place in which I will hand out wholeness and holiness. You know why it is, Brother Bishop? That the glory of this house can be greater than that of the former house and it doesn't make those today any more important than you because the ingredients, oh hallelujah, the ingredients are the same. The ingredients are the same. The ingredients are the same. same. I, I have heard many times. I, I don't know. Sometimes I, you know, I, I, I believe there. I, I have no trouble keeping my mouth shut. I have no trouble. I have no trouble with all kinds of really good things to say rolling around in my mouth and never saying them. I'm not so sure that there's not some times when I was supposed to have, and probably in the future, where I need to press beyond what I'm comfortable doing and open my mouth. And and i got to tell you, I, I've, I've heard Bishop, I've heard my dad say a number of times. I, I've heard him talk about, Brother Middleton, you've been in some of those times. I've heard him talk about the past and and critique some of the things that he thinks were done wrong. By himself. I don't mean others. But I got to tell you, with whatever it was that, excuse the grammar, but with that whatever it was, Sister Evans, that y'all may not have had in the 70s and the early 80s, we, with all of our brilliance, and all of our great ideas, have yet to see that kind of glory. Oh, Lord, I don't know, maybe I need to turn the live stream off and just get a little more comfortable, but here it is. I've heard him talk about all the things that if I'd have known this, if I'd have known that, I, I don't know, I, I I may be wrong on, on my numbers, but by, by the early 80s, this church was running close to 500 people, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere in, by the early 80s. That's within about 10 years. And here we are 20, 30 years later. Not very much more than that. Looking at all the different things we need and the new ingredients. Oh help me, Holy Ghost. All of the new ingredients that somehow we can we can make better brownies than you guys made. There may have been some things that could have been done better. There there may have been some processes that needed to be in place. But one thing I know is there was some apostolic Holy Ghost, not just moves of God that were nicely done in a church service, but harvest, unprecedented harvest, unprecedented all over this country. People are part of the United Pentecostal Church heard about what was going on in Annapolis, Maryland. And that's not supposed to happen in the Northeast, they say. That's not not supposed to happen on the East Coast. Maybe there are some things we've improved on. Maybe there are a few things we've learned to do a little bit better. But I'd stand here tonight as the pastor of this congregation and recognize whatever we've done, we haven't surpassed you. But when we do, When we do, it won't be because of our brilliance. It won't be because we've come up with some new great ideas and new. We might do it. You all may have been in an old throwaway disposable pan. And we might be in a nice beautiful facility. But at the end of the day, it's going to be the proper ingredients that produce the outcome that makes the glory of this house greater. Greater than the glory. Brother Middleton, thank you. Thank you, Brother Middleton, for being sensitive to the Holy Ghost this evening. Thank you for tapping. He didn't know what I was doing. There was only a few people that knew. Worship team was aware there probably wasn't going to be worship, but I, I, don't, I, I purposely don't communicate and, and Brother Middleton was tapped into it and God was trying or God not trying. God was doing something in preparation and I believe the Holy Ghost wants to do something of significance in this place tonight because Mike, I know you believe it as much as anybody. I know you believe it. We've talked about it. I know you believe God's going out to give a great harvest and God's about to do some great things in this congregation, but I come with a burden and a word from God that we're not changing the ingredients to get there. It's not going to be some kind of new idea that we can come up with that makes us look better than the former house. Jameson Fawcett and Brown says this the jews note five points of inferiority of the of the new temple versus the old and here it what here the absence from the second temple and here are the things the glory of the current house compared to the former wasn't about the furnishings wasn't about the be- the natural beauty of it, but the things that they recognized that were missing was the sacred fire, the Shekinah or cloud of glory representing the presence of God in the sanctuary, the ark and cherubim, the urim and thummim, and the spirit of prophecy. Wasn't It wasn't the facility. It wasn't the structure. It was the elements that they were used to. I don't think we're all supposed to constantly compare to them. I don't think we're supposed to do that. But every now and then we've got to go back. Got to go back. Some of you know what it was like to come in on a... I hope you hear, especially some of you folks that are in that previous category, I hope somehow you sense, if you've ever questioned or doubted, I pray by the time I'm done tonight, there is a settledness in your spirit over where I am and over what I believe. And that you know, I'm not here to try to figure out some newfangled way of doing all of this. Thank God for realm. Thank God for all these other tools that help us do a better job. But at the end of the day, there's some things we've got to make sure we absolutely have. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it happened other services, but the one I remember mostly was definitely on Sunday nights. I remember walking into this sanctuary when when the platform was positioned right about over here at these at these, uh, at these glass doors and, 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 and the pulpit would have been roughly somewhere, uh, so, somewhere in this area right here and, and facing out and the seats were set up, the pews, four sections of pews were set up and, and, and it was fan You came in from the back corner over there. And you'd come in on a Sunday evening. And a lot of times, I don't remember when it started, but there was there was brown folding, those good old brown folding chairs on the outside of the pews in a whole separate section on each side. And you'd come in on Sunday evenings and the lights dim. I don't know why we all have to pray with lights dim, but we do. Somehow it makes it all better. I don't know. Well, you'd come in with the lights dim on a Sunday evening and you weren't lollygagging in after church started. And you'd walk in there and the thunder most... I know it probably, I'm I'm probably romanticizing a little bit, but that's all right, I'm getting old. You'd walk in, and on that side over there, back back where the bathrooms are, that's where the men, I don't know how it happened, but that was the men's side. And there may be a lot of men that were in us. They were marching around those brown chairs, praying in the Spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost. And then over here on this side, right over in here, I don't know how it happened, but this was the ladies' side. And you'd walk in to a dimly lit auditorium on a sun. God help you if you'd never been in an apostolic church before. But you'd walk in on a Sunday night and it wasn't people. And there's nothing wrong with fellowship. Nothing wrong with, we need fellowship. We need fellowship. We need it. But you'd walk in on a Sunday night to an ingredient. There was an ingredient that was a necessary component of getting the proper outcome. Joel. Joel chapter one. Joel one, verse one. If you've come in a little late, there's two baskets here on the platform. If you'd like to be a contributor sewing in to the apostolic conference that just took place, probably two hundred plus thousand dollars of expenses, and we've been a part, not only bishop teaching, but this church giving. If you feel led of the Holy Ghost, welcome to bring it at any point. Joel chapter 1, verse 1. The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel. Hear this, ye old men, and give ear, all ye inhabitants of the land. Hath this, hath this been in your days, or even in the days of your fathers? Tell your children of it, and let your children tell their children, and their children another generation. That which the palmer worm hath left, hath the locust eaten. And that which the locust hath eaten, or hath left, hath the canker worm eaten. And that which the canker worm hath eaten, the caterpillar has eaten. Adam Clark says this with regards to that which the palmer worm hath left. Here he begins to open his message And the words he chooses show that he is going to announce a devastation of the land by locusts and a famine consequent on their depredations. What the different insects may be, which he specifies, is not easy to determine. I shall give the words of the original with their etymology. The palmer worm comes from the same root to cut short. Probably the caterpillar or some such blight from its cutting the leaves of the trees into pieces for its nourishment. So the palmer worm is to cut short. The locust comes from a Hebrew word that means to multiply from the immense increase and multitude of this insect. The word canker worm comes from a Hebrew word that means to lick or lap with the tongue. The reference is uncertain. And the word caterpillar from a Hebrew word that means to consume, to eat up. One after the other is going to come until it's all destroyed. One after the other is going to come and eat it up until it's all destroyed. I, I'm not. I, I'm not asking you to do this in, a, in necessarily a loud whatever way, but, but I, I'm asking somebody. Not. I don't. I, it's not that I feel resistance. So please, I, I. I don't really feel resistance. I'm just asking, for the sake of whatever. I need somebody. You just tap into the Holy Ghost, and as I keep preaching what I feel, I, I need somebody just to get in that flow that you know how to get into. Because. I'm not here to preach a sermon tonight I'm here to preach a sermon I am as as hungry as I have ever been as are some of you to see God do what he said he was going to do if this is all there is to this as Peter said I got nowhere else to go but this sure has got to be more than this got to be more. I'm thankful for what God's doing and what God's done. But if this is all there is if this is all there is. I, I got to go to heaven so I'm not going anywhere but this sure isn't all I signed up for. That which the palmer worm hath left. That means the palmer worm's already been devouring but what he left the locust has eaten. And what the locust left, the canker worm has eaten. And then what the canker worm left, the caterpillar has come and eaten. Notice, notice that first when the palmer worm comes from a root word to cut short. There's some things that the palmer worm has cut short at this church. There's some things the palmer worm has come in and cut short. There's some things that the canker worm has come in and licked up what was left. But I've come tonight, I believe in the Holy Ghost. That God is going to renew some things. And, 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 and I have all my, all, my, all my life, I guess, and especially my preaching. I've used this passage and especially, I'm getting ready to read it in a moment. And I've always thought of the things that the canker worm and caterpillar and palmer worm and locusts, I've always thought of that with regards to finances, with regards to ministries, with regards to backsliders, with regards to backsliders coming back and all the years that were lost, that being given back. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying now that that is not an application of it. I'm not saying that. But I believe starting on Thursday morning, the Holy Ghost began to impress upon me something much different that the canker worm and the palmer worm and the caterpillar and the locust have eaten and attempted to destroy. The first part is they've come to destroy it. They've come to eat it all up. Thank God the book Doesn't end there. Meaning the book of Joel. Chapter two, verse 15. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children. And those that suck the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber. And the bride out of her closet. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. And here's what they are supposed to say. Spare your people, O Lord, and give not your heritage to reproach, that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, Where is their God? Spare your people, O God. But don't spare your people for our pride's sake. Don't spare your people for our reputation's sake. Don't spare your people because of us. But spare your people so that the heathen doesn't rule over them. And so they that don't ask, Where is your God? Brethren, notice in the context of this, in the context of that, when he's speaking to the priest, he's speaking to men. He's speaking to men and to the men, he says, to the men, he says, weep between the porch and the altar. We know the ladies know how to weep. But he says to the men, you need to get hungry enough and you need to get desperate enough that you weep between the porch and the altar. Spare your people. Oh, uh, I'm going to... Huh, the caterpillar, the canker worm, the palmer worm, the locust is going to come and what each one of them leaves... Something's coming after it to get it. It would appear as though that should be the end of the chapter. Oh, hallelujah. But he says, call a fast. Gather the congregation. Where? Do something, God, so the heathen can't ask where you are. Don't let Anne Arundel County be able to say, What happened to the God of Antioch that used to be in the YMCA? What happened to the God of Antioch that used to be in the warehouse? God, for your name's sake, don't let that happen. Look at the first word of verse 18. Then, then, chapter 1 was pretty gloomy, but then... Then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people. Yea, the Lord will answer and say unto his people, behold, I, notice, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I know, I know it's possible to preach past the point you're supposed to preach, but I'm not done preaching because I got a word. I'm not stopping you from doing what you're doing, but I'm not done. In Joel 1, he says, thought it was in there. Well back to verse 19. obviously, what he's about to talk about are some of the things that the caterpillar, cankerworm, palmer worm, locust destroy. They appeared to be lost and gone. They were just memories of yesterday. How do you see the glory of this house? Well, i remember some things from the former. Listen to what he says. Yea, the Lord will answer and say unto his people, Behold, I will send you corn, and wine and oil and you will be satisfied therewith and I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen. But I will remove far off from you the northern army. And I will drive him into a land barren and desolate. With his face toward the east sea. And his hinder part toward the utmost sea. And his stink shall come up. And his ill savor shall come up. Because he hath done great things. Fear not. O land, and be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. I've seen you move, you move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way, and I believe I'll see you do it again. I will do great things. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring, for the tree beareth her fruit. The fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately. How was the former house? Well, in all of the glory of the former house, it was just moderate rain. In all of the splendor of the former house, it was just moderate rain. And he will cause to come down from you the rain, but not just the rain the former and the latter rain together and i'm not talking about the weather in the first month and the floors shall be full of wheat and the fats shall overflow with wine and oil and I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm my great army which I sent unto you and you will eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters. Thank you, William, for being a part of the fulfillment this weekend of this prophecy at Antioch. And your sons and your daughters shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. I know how desolate it looks. I know what the enemy has come and done. But that's not the end of the story. If you'll gather the congregation together. And if you will sanctify yourselves. Call a fast. Call a solemn assembly. And if you'll challenge me to do for my name's sake. Not for your sake. It's not about you and I being validated. Just before the... Children of Israel were about to go into the promised land. The angel of the Lord shows up and Joshua says to the angel of the Lord, Are you for us or are you for them? Whose side are you on? And the angel of the Lord responded, I'm on the Lord's side. This isn't about God coming and validating us. This isn't about God validating this church. This isn't about our reputation. It's about his reputation. It's about his name. And he says, when you do that, I'm going to send the rain. And I'm not just going to give you the former rain, but I'm going to give you the former and the latter rain together. And when I do, you will see what you've never seen before," he said. "I will restore." So I told you already. time I've, I've used it, I've, I've said it to people, I've preached it, and I'm not saying it's not the case. But I feel like there's at the very least another application of restoration. And it's not your finances. It's not your bodies. It's not your lost parents or children coming home. And all of that very well may be, and we hope that's what God does. But I believe the Holy Ghost has given me a word to this congregation tonight to declare that the things that need to be restored here are the ingredients The things that need to be restored are the ingredients. The thing that the caterpillar and the canker worm and the palmer worm and the locust have eaten, it's not your finances and God bless you if you have if you've struggle and hopefully he'll renew that. It's not your health, it's not your ministry, but there are some ingredients because if we are going to get the outcome we want and the outcome he's promised, the ingredients have got to be fully restored. And so, I am not telling you that this is all there is. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's probably not. But there are five things that the Holy Ghost has laid on my spirit to declare here tonight. And these, not saying it's conclusive again, but these are at least five of the ingredients that absolutely need to be restored. And the focus of our prayer this week is going to be that God would restore these things that the enemy has tried to destroy. Because if you get the ingredients right, put it wherever you want to put it. Put it in whatever container you want to put it in. But if you get the right ingredients, there's going to be some really delicious outcome. So here we go. The first two, I don't know about the last three, but the first two I believe are in order of significance and importance. I'm not saying the rest is or isn't. But I believe that the first two are. And the first thing the enemy has tried to eat and destroy that we are going to believe that God is going to restore is doctrine. You say the first? Yeah. What about prayer? That'll be the second. Shouldn't that be first? No. Because if you don't put the house on the right foundation, if you don't build on the right foundation, you may build, but it won't last. you got to get the foundation right. Brother Wright, I don't know if I believe that. Well, let's just see about that. Acts 2, 42. What is the first thing they continued steadfastly in? They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. But the first thing was doctrine. Prayer wasn't the first. It's there. Hello? It's there. But the first thing they continued in was the apostles' doctrine. Second Timothy three fourteen, but continue thou in the things which hath, thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture, all scripture. Not just the red letters. I said it recently about this guy I heard that he had a, he had an encounter with, he died and had an encounter with Jesus and in his encounter with Jesus, Jesus told him all you really need to focus on in the Bible is the red letters. Before God, that's what he said. But Paul told Timothy, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Brother Wright, if we lighten up a little bit on what we believe, if if we just let up a little bit on how we preach it, we probably could be a little more successful. We might build a bigger crowd. We might build a bigger crowd, but a crowd is not a church. And to be in the church, you've got to follow the one way, the one truth, and the one life. That's, 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 that's judgmental, brother, right? Jesus is all about love. God is love. You are absolutely right. God is love. He is. The Morgan preaching on Friday night at the apostolic conference stated, the enemy can imitate miracles. That's why we don't use the miraculous to, to be the final stamp of approval that it's God. The enemy can imitate miracles. One simple example. Moses throws his rod down, it becomes a snake. Pharaoh's magicians throw their rods down, they become snakes. And... If you don't know this, the first 3 or 4 plagues. It wasn't just the snake, the first 3 or 4 plagues that Moses did Pharaoh's magicians copy. If you don't <laughs> if you don't have enough spiritual discernment to listen to non-apostolic music, read non-apostolic books, watch non-apostolic videos. If you don't have enough discernment and you get to watching the way they worship and dance and all that and you think we're all the same thing, then you need to stop. Because it's not our dance. It's not even our tongues. It is the word. The unchanging, forever settled word. So, back to Brother Morgan. Trying to learn to finish my points. He said, love is the thing that the enemy can't duplicate. And the bottom line is, no matter how, somebody needs to hear me. No matter how strongly we believe our doctrine. No matter how strongly we stand on what this book says. It should be enveloped in love. It doesn't matter who walks into this building and what kind of lifestyle they live. It doesn't matter who walks into this building and what kind of lifestyle they live. Hopefully you got a gift of discernment. We may not agree with the lifestyle. But don't forget, at one point you were a sinner. And your sin may not have been that sin, but it was sending you to the same place. So we will stand on the doctrine. But if you're not doing it with the right attitude and the right spirit, you are out of divine order. But the foundation has got to remain the same. There's not another foundation that needs to be laid the foundation doesn't need to be dug up and relayed. it must remain if there's anything that an enemy has tried to eat away at it's our doctrine I was just told recently we know that we ought to what Some of the things we believe completely isolate us from the rest of Christianity. I can't help that. I'm not going to determine what I believe based on popular opinion. I am not going to base what I believe the Word of God says to be truth based on what the majority do or do not do. I can't help if the majority of Christianity will tell you all you gotta do is accept the Lord as your personal Savior. Jesus said you gotta be born again of the water and of the Spirit. And when I study that out and find the application, the very basic application of that is you gotta repent. You gotta be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Not in the titles, but in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And then you gotta receive the Holy Ghost. And the only thing we can see is the constant, consistent uh, evidence throughout Scripture is Speaking in other tongues. Brother Robinette, who is a missionary, bases out of Vienna, Austria, but is over German-speaking nations, told Thursday night, he preached Thursday night at Apostolic Conference, and he told story after story. There are literally, there are literally Trinitarian denominations overseas that are calling and saying, Tell us what you believe we want that there was a he had a bishop of a of a, of an organization that's got over two thousand ministers that came and sat down with him and said, "Is this, this what you're saying?" Yes, this is what you believe Yes I remember they' told several stories, so if you go back and listen or if you were listening and I mix them up a little bit, forgive me but they had I believe it was that bishop he was sitting at a table with in a restaurant telling that story to. And he finally looks at him and said, I want to be baptized in Jesus' name now. I don't mean to be unkind. I don't mean to be unkind to anybody present or listening Listening right now or listening in the future, but I have not I'm 47 years old. Not one single time in my entire life have I heard every have I heard anyone who has come up with a revelation of the Trinity on their own. Never heard it. but I have heard multiple stories. In fact, there was one of the, one of the men that was there as one of the home missionaries this past week was from the Congo and was a former Trinitarian but he was studying his Bible and realized there's something else. So I declare to you tonight, especially to those of you that may not have seen the glory of the former house, we're not going to get greater glory in the latter house by getting rid of the ingredient of our doctrine. Right attitude, right spirit, absolutely. Treat people with kindness and respect. Absolutely. But let go of it or compromise it? No way. The second ingredient. And again, I believe these two are in order. And again, I'm not saying these are all there is. These are all there are. Second Chronicles 7 and 14. If my people... You want, to know, you want to know why there was some of the glory of that former house in spite of not having some of the bells and whistles we have today? You want to know why? It's because of this ingredient. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Saturday morning, a week ago, my grandmother had hip replacement about three or four weeks ago, three weeks ago or so, week of U-Congress. A week ago, Saturday morning, she was trying to get from the bed in her living room to her chair, and she fell in the process and fell on her good hip. My aunt texted me, and I went over there to check on her and also pray for her. I'm going to tell you something. One of the most intimidating things I've ever done in my life, and I've done it a couple of times now, is pray for my grandmother. First time was just a couple years ago. She was sick. She called me. I want you to come pray for me. I walked in there to her little apartment. I'm thinking, my, what in the world am I doing here praying for her? You could just, you, you just could, it was in the, it was in the, it was. you, you could cut it with a knife. <laughs> I pray, but I don't pray like you pray. I pray, but I don't pray as much as you pray. I went over there and I prayed for her. And we were sitting there talking. I don't even know how it happened. She just got to sharing some things. She made this statement. I got my phone out and I put it down. We depended a lot more on prayer when I got saved. And we saw many more miracles. Miracles. We depended on prayer a lot more when I got saved, and we saw many more miracles. Acts 4.29, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, and when they had prayed, and when they had prayed, not when they had mumbled some quiet little prayer, but when they had prayed, I mean prayed, I mean, the kind of prayer that I was talking about you'd walk into on a Sunday night. That's the kind of prayer they had prayed. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. How was it that that happened? Because they prayed. Oh, if the enemy has wanted to eat away at something, he's wanted to eat away at prayer. Because there is one ingredient. There's some things you can do without of. There's some ingredients. I, I, I've been in some of those meals, whether it was was the, the food or the dessert, where the, the cook has said, oh, I forgot this in it. And I I was eating it. I'm like, oh, okay. I wouldn't have known it if you hadn't have told me. But if you say you forgot it, so be it. Because there are some ingredients that if you leave them out, it's not that they don't have a place, but the effect is not as significant. But there are some ingredients that are absolutely essential. And these first two are absolutely essential. If my people, which are called by my name, will pray. Oh God. Boy, here, here we are. We got, now we got a little bit of pray pray. Brother, Ryan, I just, I got too much going on. I just got too much happening to pray. Yeah, if that's the case, I challenge you, if you got an iPhone, go on that, go on that report for screen time. Go on that report for screen time and tell me if you're not surprised at the hours, the hours, the hours eaten up on your phone. And then we say, I don't have time. No, no, the canker worm, the palmer worm has been nibbling, licking up, trying to get rid of But I've come tonight with confidence and faith that God is going to begin to restore some things. And one of those things will be a spirit of prayer. Not a new spirit of prayer. Not something different than we've ever had. Because this church has had throughout its history a spirit of prayer. This church has known what the ingredient of prayer is. It's not a new ingredient. But it's an ingredient we know. Oh, there's some there's some precious prayer warriors sitting in this place right now. Some of them don't have the strength to do what they used to do. But oh God, I pray that there would be some new young intercessors. And I don't mean young by five and six, not that they can't be, but young as in teens and twenties and thirties and even forties. Of course, the bottom line is, Caleb said at 80 years old. At 80 years old. Give me my mountain. And at 80 years old, he said, I'm just as capable today as I was 40 years ago. So you decide. We will accomplish nothing without prayer. We will accomplish nothing without building on the foundation of the proper doctrine. And we will accomplish nothing without prayer. There are some things that we may drop the ball on. There are some things we may end up not doing as well as some other things. But one thing we must master, one thing we must do well, is we must pray. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go on, but I... We must pray. We must pray. We must pray. Not oh, Jesus, help us. Oh God. Oh God. no, no. We must pray. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The effectual, fervent prayer. Of a righteous man availeth much. I think that's the kind of prayer where you get done and you can't talk with as much volume as you could when you first started. It's the kind of prayer where you get up and you walk away and the insides are hurting a little bit because of the groaning and the intensity with which you have been praying because it's not just some passive cute little prayer. The effectual fervent prayer. A righteous man. I, I, I'm going to, this hit me earlier. I tried to brush it off. It's back, so I'll trust it this God. I, I'm going to apologize to you as a congregation tonight. I pray. I pray. I do pray. I do pray. But I got to be transparent and say prayer has not been the priority over the last little while as much as it should be in my life. Again, I pray. Don't judge me totally. I pray. But by the help of grace of God. There's an old song that says, I'm going back to the altar where I started out. Oh God, anybody, anybody willing to agree with me tonight to say, We're going back we're going back to do what we know not only what we know we need to do but I am so grateful to be able to say amongst you tonight not just what we know we need to do but I am among people that we can say what we know how to do I'm not some place tonight where I'm preaching to people that don't know how to pray I'm not some place tonight where I'm preaching to novices about prayer but I am amongst people that know how to pray but I am also a Amongst people that the palmer worm and the canker worm and the caterpillar and the locust have tried to eat away, but by the help of the Holy Ghost, the restoration that Joel prophesied is taking place starting tonight. I'm trying to preach all night, but I am going to preach. The third thing, ingredient, is that of giving. This church has been built on an ingredient of giving, of sacrificial giving. Malachi 3.10, you know it well, most of you bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now, saith Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open... You the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. I, I I I speak. I don't know if this is prophecy. Maybe it's prophecy. I don't know. But somebody needs to hear me in the Holy Ghost right now, who has been a giver in the past. You have been give. You have been a sacrificial giver. But the windows of heaven haven't quite opened up like that and poured out a blessing that you didn't have room to receive. And so the enemy is gradually gnawed away at your faith and willingness to give. But I come tonight to challenge you in the Holy Ghost that you would allow the Holy Ghost to renew within you a spirit of giving and see if God will not this time confirm His Word. Second Corinthians 9 and verse 6, But this I say, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully every man according as he purposeth in his heart. So let him give not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. We go to March for offering nowadays and probably... A third of you at most come. Oh, wait a minute, brother! Right, you expected us to come. You haven't told us that. I guess you're not a cheerful giver. Y'all liked it when I was on. Other people, cheerful giver doesn't have to be prodded. Our wonderful ushers have talked to me a couple of times, brother. I did. This is this is chaos when we go to march, and and I know it's chaos. And I keep wanting to give instructions, but I also keep being challenged in my spirit not to. Because I watch too many people that just sit and do nothing. I don't care if it's a penny. I don't care if all you got's a penny. Sow something. Well, it's embarrassing. Is it, is it really? How embarrassing was it with, with the woman with a, one mite to go walking up to put her offering in when all these rich people were dropping in big bills? But when they walked away, the Lord turns to the disciples and says, She gave more than them, because they gave what was excess. But she has given out of her necessity. As it is written, He hath dispersed abroad. He hath given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruit's your righteousness. Oh God, restore in us the perspective that the things, whether it's our finances, our time, whatever the resources are that you've blessed us with, that those things are seeds. They are not all for our benefit to be consumed on ourselves. I was just told a couple of nights ago at the apostolic conference, the pastor told me, and I'm not going to give any specifics out of respect? I wasn't told in confidence, but just out of respect. He said, see that guy over there? I said, yeah. He said, he, there's a certain thing he does with his giving. A certain commitment he's made. He says, between last month and this month, guess how much he's about to clear? Guess how much money he's about to make? I'm like, I don't know he's about to make one hundred thousand dollars well I'd like to make a hundred thousand yeah but the problem is you'd consume it on yourself I've heard people say well, brother right?" just want you to know my, my, my payday's coming and when it does I'm going to bless the church if you won't bless the church right now you're not going to bless the church then if you won't bless with what you got to give now, you won't give it then. Brother, right? did, did, I, I, money, I hate preaching about money. I hate preaching about money. I hate preaching about money. I won't be labeled, but the bottom line is it's in the book. Brother Dylan put up some numbers on the screen the other night. How many times love was mentioned and a couple other things. And, and, and the, the the I forget which the... Heaven or, I don't remember, three or four words. The most one of them was mentioned was 300 and something times. And then the word giving is mentioned over 2,000 times, he said in Scripture. He says, I'm going to give you seed to sow. But if you'll sow the seed that I'm giving you, I will also give you food. I will also let you benefit by what I'm giving you to sow. So our doctrine, prayer, giving. I asked Bishop this afternoon, in the late 80s, this church, at probably roughly the same size as we are now, was giving over $300,000 a year to missions, foreign and home mission. That was the late 80s. It's 2019. We give now about half that. Most of the missions, giving that's done in this church is not done off of the money that's given. It's done off of the tithe that is taken off of any kind of income. You may not know this, but every bit of income that comes into this church, every bit of income... 10% Ten percent is taken out of that and put into a fund that is strictly used for missions. Could it be that some of us are doing it without because the canker pill, cankerpillar? Yeah, we'll put them. <laughs> the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm and the locust have eaten away at a very important ingredient. I said it already and I'm going to say it again. Some of you have sown and you haven't reaped yet. Has the law of sowing and reaping changed? Does not. Is it not common for fertile places that usually produce crops to go through famines, to go through droughts? And yet the farmer Kansas, Kansas has had some droughts, haven't they, Sister Christian? But they haven't stopped sowing wheat. They haven't stopped growing wheat. I don't remember what he. Somebody, some of you remember, brother. I think he said it in preaching. Maybe it was in a, conversations outside, but something, something to the effect that Kansas produces enough wheat to basically feed the world. They've been through some droughts. They've been through some times where they didn't have wheat, but guess what? They grow in Kansas. Guess what they keep harvesting in Kansas? Wheat. Droughts? Yes. But you keep sowing. Because that sooner or later the law is if you sow, you're gonna reap. And if you know that where you are is the, now if you're in the desert, you need to stop sowing. You need to find the right place. But when you're in the right place, there may be some times that you don't get the harvest. But if you stay there and you keep sowing, God is not unfaithful to forget your labor of love, your, labor, your, your seed that you have put in the ground. And whatever you sow, that will you reap. Well, I should have quit a while ago and let you all take it. Number four, an ingredient that's been a part, no doubt one of the significant ingredients that has caused some of the great harvest that we have had is a passion to reach lost souls. Not a church growth effort, not a program to try to just get church members to increase, but a genuine burden and passion for the lost. Luke 14:23 And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. Second Corinthians five and nine. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent we may be accepted of Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in His body according to that He hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God. And I trust. Also are made manifest in your conscience. I, I got a question, those of you that were in the, 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 the revival at the why the and the revivals at the warehouse. What what were the what brother Evans, what were the programs you guys used back then to have that harvest? Brother Bishop, what were the programs you guys organized and did to have all of those souls get saved? You know what the program he said was? It wasn't a program, it was ingredients. He said, we prayed and we fasted. Oh, I know someone, you got to do more than pray and fast. Absolutely, you do. But you can do all kinds of things without praying and fasting and nothing happened. But if you truly pray and fast, Oh, Lord. My, my flesh is regretting. I didn't give an altar call 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I said my flesh. There's a lot of things you can do to try to produce. But if you truly pray and you truly fast, you're not going to sit around and do nothing. You're going to be compelled because the more you truly pray, the more like him you become. The more you truly pray, the more he impacts you. And there's little that impacts him more than the desire to reach a lost and a perishing world wasn't programs was there outreach and evangelism sure did they do some organized door knocking maybe they did but that wasn't what produced it what produced it was an ingredient that recognizes I'm thankful that I have experienced the salvation of the Lord I know I'm only here by the grace of God and the best way to show my thankfulness to him is to show somebody else there is a way that is better than the way you've got I just... I'm sorry. I'm. Hey, no, before before you, before you, younger folks, get mad at me. I'm. I, 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 I'm, the, I'm the pastor here. I just told you our giving is not what it used to be. I've heard it once. I've heard it a hundred times, and some of you have too. I actually faintly remember it. If I'm not mistaken, you're welcome to correct me if I'm wrong, but if I'm not mistaken, when you walked in to the entry of the old warehouse, which was kind of situated in the back left corner of this auditorium, if you can even call it that, on that wall right there was a big old whiteboard. Was it not right there on the left when you walked in? That in the early 80s, Early 80s, they were teaching 200 plus Bible studies every week. Not because people were being forced to, not because people were being guilted into it, but because there was an ingredient that recognized, as so many have said, this is not about us just coming together and having good church. I gotta be honest with you. If we're gonna come to church, I know church isn't a verb. Hopefully, Bishop's not watching. Don't tell him what I said. I know church isn't a verb. So, that being said, if we're gonna come to church, let's at least have church. I mean, let's not come and not have good church. Let's use the proper definition. And just because somebody dances and shouts, that doesn't define good church. Good church to me is when we can walk out of here and know the Holy Ghost was present and did what he wanted to do. Not what we want, what he wanted. Any and everything he wanted to do. 200 plus. Do you know what, man? Here we are. Been some things that have been gnawing away, Brother Isaac. But by the help of God, there's about to be some restoration. Number four, or five, and I guess I have more. How many do I? Oh, that's right, I got six. Yeah, sorry. Number five an ingredient. It's not about our culture. It's not just about the way we do it. But I believe an ingredient that must go in to the mix is our worship. Psalms 22 and 3 But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. You want God to show up? you got to give him some place to sit. And the seat that God likes to sit on is the seat of our praise and our worship. Psalm 76 and verse 1. In Judah is God known. In praise is God known. It's not just about tradition or culture or the way we do it that we start most of the time with singing and worship. It's because we enter his gates with thanksgiving and we enter his courts with praise. Because it is in praise where God shows up. Psalm 149, and one praise ye the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise in the congregation of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the congregation of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance and let them sing praises unto him with the temporal and the harp. The only thing, the only thing that specifically says to do to praise the name of the Lord is the thing most of you never do. Praise the name of the Lord in the dance. I know some of you don't, you don't have a lick of rhythm in your body. I know that because I've watched you try to dance and you're on one foot for three times and the other foot for one and then, you're, and then you know, and then. And then there's others of you. Oh, my. Ooh, you got it. Mm. Some of you, don't matter how fast the song is, you got the classic Antioch two-step. You can do that two-step to, to, to the fastest song we got and you can be singing the slowest song we got and you don't change one bit. Cause you get it going, and that's all you know. That's, that's, that's the best you can do. That's all right. He didn't say how you danced. He didn't say do it with rhythm, do it with elegance. He just said praise the name of the Lord in the dance. See, here's the thing, and you hear me. I was asked this question recently. It's probably, I don't think it's an exact quote of the question that was asked. We've got some guests here tonight. Should we be should we be cautious or mindful of the way we worship? In light of our guests, hear ye, hear ye, Antioch Central. <laughs> our worship and our praise, the degree to which we do what we do, should not, should not be changed one bit by the fact. Our guests may think we're crazy. I've said it many times and I'll say it many more. I would much rather a guest get up and walk out of here and say those people are crazy. I will never be back than for them to get up And walk out and say that is no different than any other place I've been. So I declare to this congregation tonight. It is not just about maintaining our culture or the way we've done it. But we will continue to be demonstrative and expressive in our praise and our worship. We will not become reserved and dignified. I do my best to be honest, and I'm going to be honest and transparent. There are still plenty of times, especially on a Sunday morning. Uh-huh. Old Brother Lewis will be one of them. He'll be sitting down, hardly doing anything. All of a sudden, he gets up and takes off. i like, oh, God. Oh, Jesus. I got flesh like you have. I got flesh just like you have. But I also know When I look back to the former house When I go back to the former house It may have been different songs It may have been different instruments But at the at the end of the day we were not reserved and restricted in our worship whatever else we do we must continue to have an ingredient of praise and worship unfortunately a bunch of y'all have never seen it but I would to God somebody would pick up Brother Whaley's baton wasn't uncommon. Wasn't uncommon at all. Not every service. But pretty frequently you look up and you watch him closely. Next thing you know, you see him. He starts stagging around. Pretty soon after that, he'd start laughing. Yeah. Some of y'all never been drunk on the Holy Ghost i not saying you have to be. You don't have. I'm saying, not saying that ever has. I'm not saying that has to happen. But would to God. If it happened in the former house. I think it ought to happen in the latter house. Especially for some of y'all. Now he knew what it was to be drunk on the old wine. Some of y'all don't know what that means. But you can learn how to get drunk on the new It all started that way, and it's going to end that way. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. Notice, in case you never noticed it, he did not say, these men are not drunk. Oh, hallelujah. He didn't say, these men are not drunk. He said, these men are not drunk, as you suppose, because it's only the third hour. But they are drunk on something. They're drunk on some new wine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, oh God, give us. I won't call them, but there's a few names I can mention. They had had the mantle. They they wore the mantle. Everybody's talking about passing mantles. I don't know if that really happens or not. They had the mantle. They had that mantle. They knew just the right moment. (laughs) There was one guy, some of you know exactly who I'm talking about, but I'm not going to call names. He'd get to going. I've never seen anybody else in my life like he'd get to going, and his tie yeah. would end up being almost parallel to the ground as he ran, and it got caught up in the breeze. Thank God. Again, again, please, I'm not preaching to a group of people tonight that don't worship. And that don't know how to worship. It was. It wasn't. I don't know. Maybe it was last week, and it wasn't that long ago when a bunch of you in a service all took off. A whole bunch of you running. I'm not preaching to you tonight. Something we don't do. I am preaching to you something the enemy would like to eat away at, and cause us to become just like everybody else. Oh, Jesus. Here we go again. I'm trying to move on. I feel it. I feel it bucking just a little bit. Every now and then, you need to do something a little bit different than what you normally do. Some of you got your comfort zone and you worship, but you got every now and then you need to get out of it. You need to do something just a little bit different. Oh boy, here we go. Worship is also... I really ought to stick to the notes right now. Worship is also beyond just worshiping to what you like. If all you ever worship to is your style, it's not worship. It may be praise, but it's not worship. Because worship says, I may like it, I may not like it. Maybe my style may not be my style. Maybe my speed may not be my speed. Ultimately the thing it's about is he deserves my worship. You deserve my worship. You deserve my praise. You deserve me giving the sacrifice. Can worship when it's their song. Anybody can worship when it's their beat. Anybody can worship when it's their style. But how about when it's not? Is there still something inside of you says, "I bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually." In Judah, in Judah, in Judah is God known. In Judah is God known. We we did it this morning. We did it this morning, and and we did it. You know, and a little bit different than we normally do it. For those of you that weren't here at Arnold, we, we we you know we I've gotten in a lot. Not saying it's the way to do it, just the way I've ended up getting a lot of times when we pray for needs, I just let people stand right where they are. But this morning, I asked those that needed a miracle to come down. But you know what? The, the problem the problem with that is, and we need to do that. We're going to keep doing that. But the problem is, when you do that, what are you thinking about? Don't sit too far back if you got a need and get invited because that's longer for you to think about the need. Because as you're walking down to the front because you have a need, you're thinking about the need. It's a whole lot easier. It's a whole lot easier. (laughs) to get what you need when you forget about what you need and you just focus on giving him what he deserves, what he's worthy of. And the more you begin to do that, the more you forget about your need, the bigger he becomes. And a lot of times what happens is when it's all done, you go, I don't have a need anymore. Where did it go? i tell you where it went. You just got focused on the one that was able to do it. And so he did it. Last one. Last one. And again said it many times, I'm not saying there aren't other ingredients absolutely not saying that, I'm sure you probably got a good one that I left out, but what I will say is these are the ones I know the Holy Ghost impressed on my spirit and the last one I'll let the scripture speak first and then I'll make sure you get it 2 Corinthians 6 verse 16 and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols. For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God and they will be my people. Wherefore, because of that, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not, the unclean thing. And I will receive you. Notice. He said don't even touch it. Some of you here tonight. Especially some of you young adults. You hear me right now. Some of you are touching some things. And I'm not talking about the opposite sex. Some of you are touching some things. That you need to quit arguing about whether it's right or wrong. And think about the fact it's going to open some doors up. That you eventually may not be able to shut. Touch not. Touch not. 1 Corinthians 6 and 15. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What? You've you, you got to read it that way. You just can't read it. You just can't read it m- monotone. What? No. you got to. Brother Godwin, that's the one that comes to mind who would do it. What? Paul's like, what? It's in there in the, in, the, in the DSW version. What? Are you kidding me? Don't you know that he which is joined to an harlot is one body for two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But that is joined unto the Lord. But that, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but. He that committed fornication sinneth against the bo- his own body. This is the, this this what is the one I was really talking about? I got got messed up there. You got to really what what know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which have been which ye which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. You're not your own. That's when you're arguing about what's right or wrong. You're just talking about who owns you. The more you want to fuss and argue and debate, you're saying, who's the owner? But when you acknowledge who owns you, you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. There is an ingredient that is another one that can't be left out. You hear me right now. Separation. What we teach, believe, preach. Is not because of the organization that we are a part of. What half of you don't know is we've pretty much become some of the more conservative people in it, and yet we haven't changed. If all we were doing was trying to be loyal to an organization, there's a lot of things we could stop doing or start doing, but there is an ingredient. That we are to come out from among them. And yes, absolutely, absolutely, 100%. Holiness starts on the inside. Don't, don't get a bit confused and you hear this preacher clearly. It starts on the inside. But I don't know how much better to say it than the old song. Jesus on the inside, working on the outside, Oh, what a change in my life. He will change it. And hear me, you and I are not called to change others. I hope... I really hope the next time I hear about somebody trying to change somebody, I get a name. Because I promise you, you're about to see a side of David Stephen Wright you didn't know I had. I believe it. I practice it. I believe we're called to be separate inside first and it outwardly. But we're not called to go around getting everybody to match up. And the reason I know that because I've seen it enough times where somebody didn't have anybody say anything to them. And they have testified, you know, what? God just began to deal with me that I really needed to stop this or I shouldn't do that. And all on their own. Here we go, another one of those things I say, and I promise you I will keep saying it. There is no doubt in my mind, the people that go around and do that to other people are the people who are doing it but resent it. The people that go around to a new convert and tell them, you can't wear that anymore. It's not because you got a right attitude and right spirit and you're trying to protect the body. It's because you got a bad spirit. And you're dotting the I's and crossing the T's, but you, my friend, are a Pharisee. I really should have stopped preaching 40 minutes ago. You are simple as that. You are a Pharisee. You look good on the outside, but you are dead on the end. Because if you got it on the outside, but you got it on the inside, you realize you got where you are by the grace of God working on you. And they'll get to the right place by the grace of God working on them. But that, again, does not mean that we let go of the ingredient. Because it is absolutely necessary. One more time, I am pretty sure you probably could add something to the list. Hopefully it's just simply one of those things that if it's left out, it's still okay. Because I believe that I've covered the foundational ingredients. We, I've said it. And many others are saying it. Not only people in this congregation, in this church, but men of God that have been through here have echoed it, not knowing what others have said, that we are in a season that God is doing and about to do some amazing things. We are not going to get there by modifying the ingredients that are necessary. we're not going to get there that way. And I believe that the Holy Ghost has impressed upon me. i preach preached to you tonight and again. This is going to be the focus of our prayer the next several days when we come together. God, restore What the palmer worm, the canker worm, the caterpillar, and the locust have eaten. Because God, if you will restore those things, and we can get the ingredients all put together properly, we're going to get a ladder house. I messed up. I should have had... I should have had baked brownies hidden in there. Pulled them out on you. So I want you to stand. Chris, do me a favor. I want you to come stand right here. Just stand right here, right about here, facing that way. Brother Jonathan, do me a favor. I want you to come stand here, facing that way. All we need is a remnant. Hello? All we need is a remnant. We don't need everybody. We want everybody, but we don't need everybody. absolutely want everybody to be a part and not miss out. But all we got to do is get a remnant. And the word of the Lord to Haggai was, if you got the remnant, be strong, because I'm with you. If you're here tonight and your mind is made up, and I believe with all of my heart, many of you, it is. I believe, I don't believe I'm here tonight preaching to try to convince you or change your mind. If you're here tonight and you agree, I'm going to ask you to join me here at this altar. And as you're coming, I want you to grab one of these cards. There should be enough for every adult at least to get one. Hopefully even some teenagers. And if we need to get more printed, we can get them. I'm asking you to take one of these because I'm asking you to keep it nearby. And not only throughout the week, as you spend your own time, once you get it, come and gather in, gather in. Not just your own personal time. When we come together, I remind you, Please, I know some of you can't chew gum and walk, but walk and listen. I'm asking that from the time you get up tomorrow morning until lunch next Sunday, from the time you get up until lunch next Sunday, that you eat only one meal a day. And again, You need to spend some time on your own in prayer. But I'm asking you to give at least one evening, Tuesday or Wednesday, to come to the church for prayer. I will be here both of those nights. If the Lord leads us to do directed prayer, we will do directed prayer. Don't come in here either of those nights and sit and just wait on something. We're going to pray. We're going to pray that God's going to restore. Thursday night is obviously regular service. We're going to, more than likely, Thursday night will pretty much be prayer. Brethren, Saturday evening, this Saturday is our regular monthly night for prayer. We're changing the time and going to start at 9. That way we can have more time and still get out at a relatively reasonable time. And then Sunday morning and Sunday night, Brother Shelton is going to be here with us. Be here Saturday night, a part of men's prayer. Going to be here Sunday. I felt led and feel like the Lord confirmed it to ask him to come and be a part. But I believe. That what the Holy Ghost wants to do this week Is to restore Joel 1 tells us what's going to happen The destruction The severity of the destruction But that wasn't the end of the story The end of the story was Sanctify yourselves Call a solemn assembly Let the ministers and the priests weep Between the porch and the altar. And the Lord says when that happens, everything, everything, the palmer worm, the canker worm, the caterpillar, and the locust destroyed, He said, I will restore. Now there's a few of you that are already feeling it. I'm asking you to go ahead and yield to it. And then the rest of you, if you feel it, join in. Some of you need to yield to a spirit of travail right now. Some of you need to yield to a spirit of travail right now. As soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth. As soon as Zion travailed. I I don't believe we need warfare right now. We need some travail. No doubt there's a time and a place for warfare. But right now we need some travail. We need We need some weeping between the porch and the altar. We need some weeping between the porch and the altar. Spare your people, O Lord. Spare your people, O Lord. Don't let your name be a reproach. Don't let the heathen be able to say, Where is your God? Renew and restore every ingredient that is necessary for the fulfillment of your word. God, every ingredient that was a part of the glory of the former house, let that be restored so that the glory of the latter house might be greater. tonight God the glory of the latter house is not going to be greater because of our ingenuity it's not going to be greater because of our brilliant ideas it's not going to be greater because we figured out a better way it's going to be greater because the components the ingredients are going to be restored and work and move in a new dimension in We declare those things to be destroyed that the enemy is trying to take away. God, I pray tonight that this generation God, the generation that didn't see the former house, the generation that was too young to be a part of the former house, God, let this generation embrace the ingredients. Let this generation embrace the ingredients. We're not going to reject them. We're not going to neglect them. We're not going to compromise them, but we're going to embrace them. And I am on the shattering. You call on day at Could I ask some of you that have seen the glory of the former house? Can I ask some of you that have seen the glory of the former house? Would you begin to make your way around this altar and lay hands on those that may not have seen the former house? But God wants to build the latter house through them. your spirit it's not by might it's not by power it's by your spirit we declare tonight God what started in the spirit what was born of the spirit cannot be finished in the flesh we cannot improve on what began in the spirit We cannot improve on what started in the Spirit. Restore, restore, restore. For your name's sake, restore. For your glory, restore. For your glory, restore. to say it again. I'm not preaching to you tonight about anything that we don't have. I'm not preaching to you tonight about stuff that we don't already do. I'm just telling you it's got to be renewed. It's got to be restored. We can't let go of it. We can't compromise it. We can't ignore it. let the glory, let the glory of this house be all that you intended it to be. Let the glory of this house be what you intended, not our desires, not our wishes, not our wants, but what you have said and Let doctrine be renewed, let prayer be renewed, let our giving be renewed, let our passion for the lost be renewed, let our worship be renewed, let our holiness, let the inward and the outward be renewed, God. Restore, 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 restore. Cando Rabaya kata ramase, ramanda, tiada ramaku tosang, ramaya kata ramandia kata Baptize us afresh and anew. Baptize us afresh and anew. God, every element, every ingredient that made the glory of the former house what it was, renew it and restore it in us, God. Every ingredient that made the glory of the former house possible, renew it and restore it in this house, God. Renew it and restore it in this house, God. Se yeah. e Mondo roboc si kata ramadai atau robokoten? Kata ramadai atau roboc si yang ramad? Si orang doro roboc si yang ramad? Kata ramadai atau roboc si yang ramad? Ya ramad doro. We've got some new containers. We've got some new containers. We got a new container called P7. We got a new container called...